Lord this morning. Turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. chapter 12, started reading there in verse 3, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecies, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith, or ministers, let us wait on the, our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exalteth on exaltation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we want to tell you that we love you. Thank you this day that you've given us to be in your house. I pray that all praise be lifted up to you today. I pray you move in our midst. I pray that you would apply your word to our hearts this morning, making us more for you after the service than before, that we would be all that you expect us to be. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place, that God the Holy Spirit move on each and every heart through your word. It's in Christ's name that I ask it. Amen. Look there with me again in verse 4 and 5. It says, For we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. One of Paul's favorite thoughts of the church was as a body. And in the uh, using of this analogy, he defined how the church was to operate. You see, uh, the members of the body... My arm does not argue with my leg. They work together. My fingers don't argue with my elbow. They work together. They're never envious of one another. They don't dispute about their importance. Each part of the body carries out its own function, however humbly unseen that function may be. It was Paul's conviction under the leading of the Holy Spirit that God's church should be just like that. Each member has its own, uh, its own task, and it is only when each contributes to the help of his or her own uh, task, the body of the church will function as it should. God has placed every one of us that is at Calvary Baptist Church this morning, has placed us together as one body. And we're to carry that out just as our human bodies carry out its functions through the day. And in 
this passage of God's Word very important blessings for the church to carry out so the church can be all that Christ intended for it to be. Look there with me in verse 6. I want to go through these things that it tells us about the church here, what uh, the prophecy is we will look at first. Verse 6 says, Having them gifts differing according to the grace that is in uh, that is given unto us. Where are there prophecy? Let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. Prophecy. It is only rarely that in the New Testament has any uh, the word prophecy has anything to do with foretelling the future. The word prophecy is being used here the same way that it's used most of the time in the New Testament. Most of the time when we uh, read the word uh, prophecy in the New Testament, it is actually talking about uh, just foretelling what's already written down in the Word of God. It's an understanding of the Word of God that the Holy Spirit has laid upon you. It's foretelling the Word of God. And that's what the word prophecy means here. It's a person, a man or a woman, who can announce the gospel message with an authority as one who knows it. That's the function of the church. Amen? We are to carry out the gospel as one who knows it. But there's something very important aspect of uh, having this authority. For a, any person to announce the gospel, to speak of Christ to others, a person must first know himself or herself, who you truly are. One of the first basic commandments of the Greek wise men were, man, know thyself. must honestly assess our capabilities without conceit, without false modesty. This is one of the first essentials to a useful life for Christ, realizing what you are. But also it is essential for you and I as the redeemed to ask God for a direction in our lives and the way that he would have us to go. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I will never be a part of a body that is beneficial to the cause of Christ, the church, without knowing God's will for our lives and carrying it out. We will be useless without God. I don't believe anyone would say, you know what, I want to go to church and just be useless. I don't believe anybody would ask that or want that for themselves. You and I must know what we are and it is only God who will answer that question for you. You see, God has a purpose for you. You believe that? You believe God has a purpose for you and God has a purpose for me? But we most must first seek His will in it, praying for Him to give us an understanding and a strength to carry out what He's laid out before us. So many of us have missed a great blessing, wonderful blessing of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, somewhere Satan has fooled God's people into thinking that serving God is going to be a burden to you. Now, I will say this. It will take sacrifice for you to serve God. But serving God is not a burden. No, and it praise His name. It's a privilege to be able to carry out and serve our Lord. Marvelous. But also I see the church has the gift of ministry. Look there in verse 7. Our ministry. Let us wait on ministry. 
be that you, as a child of God, will never have the privilege of being able to stand in front of a great multitude of people and proclaim the gospel publicly. And I believe that is a privilege for the truth. But there is no one who cannot every day show the love of Christ in deeds of service to his fellow man. Responsibility of church. Do you realize that God has given each of his children a ministry to carry out? Do you know that? You and uh, have been given a God ministry to carry out. And you know, they say, well, you know what? I don't know what it is. Well, that should tell you a lot about your relationship with Christ. There is a ministry in which God has placed within Calvary Baptist Church, within the church body itself, of a ministering nature. In this verse, the ministry is talking about the ministry of love. I am convinced today that this world is starving for love. You believe that? I mean, this world today is seeking love. This world is desiring love. This world needs more, though, than just human love. Human love can only go so far. You know, I've made the statement before that I truly believe this, that I'm conservative enough to believe that I can give out food in a, in a way that just society gives out food. But I believe there's a difference when the church sets aside money and says, for God's sake, for God's glory, we'll give out food. I believe that loaf of bread will go further because it's an eternal work. It's an eternal work that Christ has set the church aside, and I believe that love of Christ needs to be shown more than just human love. This world is in need of the love of Christ. Well, how is this world going to be able to see and to feel the love of Christ that is there? What a blessing has been given us. You know how this world will know the love of Christ? You know how this world should be able to see the love of Christ? Do you know how our community should see the love of Christ? We're to show it. Calvary. We're to carry it out. What a beautiful thing that is. That God's going to allow us and give us the authority to show His love for mankind. The purpose of the church. But also I see there's this blessing of teaching. There also in verse 7 it says our ministry. Let us wait on ministry. For he that teacheth on teaching. I believe with all my heart that the message of Jesus Christ needs not only to be proclaimed and exalted. I also believe it needs to be explained. This is something that's happening that's going wrong in our country today. This may well be one of the greatest failures within our church at this present time. Exhortation and invitation without a background of doctrinal teaching. I believe this world today needs to know that Jesus Christ loves them. Amen? But I also believe that it's just as important to tell this world why Jesus loves them. I believe this world today needs to have told to them that Jesus Christ died for them on a horrible cross this world also needs to know today why he did die for them on a horrible cross. I believe that we should proclaim today and every day that our Savior, our Redeemer has risen, but I think this world needs to know why he arose. I believe and expect that all the teachers at Calvary Baptist Church are to study 
their lesson that they are going to teach on Sunday morning. It doesn't matter the age in which they're teaching. And they should diligently prepare through prayer to teach that class. That's an expectation. For their job has great importance, but also, with that being said, it is important for every child of God to read God's Word. He tells us in the book of Timothy to preach the Word, be instant in season and out of season. Psalms chapter 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy strength is within my heart. Psalms 119, 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 119, 130, The entrance of the, thy word giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. You will do nothing more beneficial in your Christian walk today or tomorrow than through prayer allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you into the studying of God's Word that He would have for you that day. As I've taught Vacation Bible School and you participate in Vacation Bible School that I'm here, have you noticed, Miss Gail, that the kids quit bringing their Bibles? We're in Bible school. I'm going to challenge you as Calvary Baptist Church. Don't let your children come to church without God's Word. Don't you let your children come to church without a Bible stuck under Daddy's arm. I believe it's very important, and I believe that it's a persona here, and I've said this, and it doesn't bother me if you want to use your iPad. It doesn't bother me. It won't bother me if you want to use your cell phone to look at the Bible on Sunday morning. But I'll tell you this. I will not rob you nor your children of standing up here without God's Word. That way you know that I hadn't been playing games on it. It's not something that I, I've been searching the Internet over. No, it's God's Word. It only is one thing. It has one purpose. It's to change my life and to lead me and guide me. God's Word. There's something so reverent about it. I taught, had a preacher. A preacher friend told me one time that he had a three-year-old she climbed up in his lap, and he had these books out. He was uh, studying, and he had several commentaries out and a couple of books laying there. And she climbs up in his lap, and she was very disruptive to him studying. And she said, look, you got patting on your knees here, Jeff. You have your book. And he would get back studying, and she's sitting there. She'd reach down and touch another book, and he'd say, look, look, look. She was going through the full spectrum, and his Bible was right in front of him. And when she touched that, she said, Bible. It's not just a few books. It's God's Word to me. To me, it's a person. To me, our children need to see the Word of God. Adults, we need to see the Word of God. I know in my own life, I've lived, I just couldn't get over that line. I mean, you just struggle spiritually. I mean, you get right there to the edge and you think, I'm finally going to cross over and be what Christ would have me to be. I'm fixing to come to this place and get over that hump to where I'll just serve God the way that He intends for me to be. And it never crosses me. I'm convinced it is a lack of prayer and Bible study that is the problem. It's getting over the hump. Do you believe 
that God knows what is going on, uh, going to happen to you in your life tomorrow. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God actually knows how many times you're going to blink your eye? How many breaths you'll take? You believe God actually knows that about your life? He does. He knows every aspect of what will happen tomorrow. And if that is true, and it is, set aside a portion of his word in which he'll give you the strength that you need to go through tomorrow and not blink your eye. Of course you have. They have been neglected. You and I are not able to teach others the word of God until we've learned it for ourselves. We must know the truth of the word of God to teach the truths of God. desire God's presence in my life. I believe everyone would say, yes, I, I want to experience that. Well, I tell you, it's easy for you to do. Read your Bible. God's Word Do you want to see God move within your life? Do you desire that others see Christ in you? Study your Bible, God's Word to you. Do you want your children and grandchildren to know that you love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart? Study your Bible, God's Word to you. The Bible is something that I fear for too long has been seen by others as something that just lays on a truck dash or something that lays on an end table or a, di a dinner table or a bar that we just grab on the way out to church when the Word of God should be something that is laid in our lap, put in our hearts through prayer and study. See also a blessing here, an exhortation. Look there in verse 8. He exhorted, uh, uh, exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Exhortation means the language intended to incite and encourage. Exhortation should have one dominating Exhortation is the direct opposite of gossip. Nowhere in God's word will you find where God's people are to jump on anybody like a wounded animal and as a pack of wolves and seek out the weak and those that hurt. You will not find that in God's word and God will not honor you for that. We're being told in this passage of scripture that we are to look to lift up Calvary Baptist Church, for us to ever be pleasing to our Lord, we will have to seek those 
so I see the gift of giving here is given to the church. There in verse 8 it says, He that ruleth, oh excuse me, He that exalteth, exalt, and he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. The Greek word there is translated simplicity. It's a hard word to translate because it has meanings in both uh, two English words, simplicity and of generosity. It took me a little bit of study about what that word truly means in the hope that I could bring the blessing of the meaning out to us. And simplicity is to give from the heart as God told me to give it. Let me explain. There is a giving that we can do as mankind which pries into the circumstances of another as, he, as we give, which gives a moral lecture along with the gift. You ever had that? I'm going to give you this, but now you got to listen to me before you give it to me. You ever had that? See, that's not what this is talking about. I'm going to give you something, and then you tell the person that you gave it to how they're going to use the gift. That's not what this is talking about. You see, if you are led of God to give something, which means you are giving it from the heart, it isn't your place to make demand upon the way the gift is to be used. God didn't give you the authority to tell the person how they'd use it. He just told you and commanded you to give it. You see, there's a difference. So often I believe the church wants to put uh, conditions on what they give. Well, that's not what this is. When the Lord has laid something upon the church's heart to give it, it's done. Give it and push on. You see, this passage is the opposite of someone who gives someone something, not so much to relieve the need of the person as to get self-satisfaction. This type of giving is different than giving something out of a sense of duty. This is the giving which is given out of joy of the heart. This type of giving hasn't any ulterior motives. This sharing is the type of giving that's for God's glory and the sure joy of giving it. True Christ-like giving should be the desire and the delight of God's people for God's sake. No strings attached. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, let me ask you this. Do you believe you're worthy of the blessings God will give you tomorrow? Whoa. Do you believe that you've already met and fulfilled all that God would have you? Oh, he owes me this. See, the church is to give just that way. It's not about if you think they deserve it or not. It's what God says it is. It's not what you think it should be. It's what God says it is. It's not about what you believe or what you think. No, it comes from the heart that God has laid a conviction on in the churches to give to it. For I can tell you, I've already missed and will never catch up with all that God's already blessed. Keeps giving. I'm glad I don't have to be worthy of that giving to give it. But also we see a blessing here of a calling to occupy a leading place. In verse 
verse 8 says, He that ruleth with diligence. Paul is saying that if we are called so uh, to do something, we must do it with a passion, do it with diligence. I would hope, I would hope that you uh, demand out of me. I would hope that you expect out of me to stand behind God's pulpit on Sunday mornings and Sunday night and preach the Word of God with compassion. should, and I'll say this, if not, you should, and if I lose the passion for the preaching of God's word, you should run me off and fill God's pulpit with some more of my man because I'm preaching with passion. You should run me off because I've lost my passion and I should have already resigned. You're doing me a favor. Don't you expect that of me? from me, but God commands it of me, and God commands it of you. One of the most difficult problems in the church today is getting leaders in all the departments of church work. Seems to be fewer and fewer people with a sense of service or responsibility that Christ would have them do within the church. Fewer and fewer are willing to give up their leisure time or pleasure time undertake any type of leadership position. I've heard many say, you know what, I'm just not fit enough. I'm just not worthy to do anything at church. Well, the truth of the matter is this. Your pastor is not fit to be here, but God has a calling on his life and God's given him that calling. I'm standing in front of you this morning because Jesus has made me fit. It's not about what God's word is telling us this morning that we are to seek God in what he would have us to do. And once we have submitted to that purpose, we are to carry out that uh, calling with a passion that only he can give. Church, we need to humble ourselves in what God would have us to do. Commit to doing the task God has given us to do. And to do that task with joy in our hearts and a passion for pleasing God in it. That's what this church is all about. Plain and simple. That's what must be expected of us. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your concern, for your love and your passion for us. Lord, I'm thankful today that you make us worthy. love us so much that you want to bless us in your service, that you want us to be a part of what you would carry out. You want us to be able to see your power and your authority carried out through our life. You want to strengthen us for those times that are troubling to us. You want to encourage us in those times of sorrow. And you've promised you you'll never leave us nor forsake us. saying I'm all that God would expect me to be and 
seek to further his kingdom. I'll seek within my life to find what he'd have me to do day in and day out. 